It's Latopia Daily, the web's first daily bulletin about writing and publishing. And now, here's Peter Cox. Hello, it's Wednesday, the 16th of July. I bring you sad news this morning. I got a message、uh, quite late yesterday from the bookseller. It's a special news alert. They weren't exactly crowing, but、uh, they certainly wanted to get the news out pretty quickly that their rival covering the publishing trade in the UK, Publishing News,、um, a relatively young upstart, only established in 1979. The bookseller has been going on for thousands of years.、Uh, publishing News is to cease publication. Publishing News has been part of the British publishing landscape ever since I can remember. And it's provided a very healthy alternative point of view, a fresh point of view, to that of the bookseller. I compare it to airlines, say. If you're familiar with British Airways, the image of British Airways is a bit stuffy, a bit pompous, a bit arrogant. And you compare that to Virgin, fresh faced, young, in your face, not frightened to,、uh, to challenge the status quo and the establishment. So the bookseller British Airways is still around, and publishing news Virgin has crashed. People have been made redundant. Liz Thompson, the editor, has lost her job together with her team. She was the single most knowledgeable person I've ever met about the British publishing industry. This is what Fred Newman, who is the founder and chairman of Publishing News, said. He said, This has been a sad and difficult decision to make, but the nature of the book trade, which today offers a multiplicity of ways for publishers to sell books, both to booksellers and to consumers, has changed dramatically. For the biggest book publishers, the trade press is now only one of many options for the promotion and sale of their titles. Mark his words. Mark those words and mark this date as well because it's the date on which the landscape of the publishing business worldwide, not just the UK, has taken a very uncertain lurch into a very dicey future. And now here's Eve with Today in Writing History. Today I'm rebelling. Seemingly a bit of rebellion every now and then is good for the soul. So I'm not doing a literary event in history because I found one that was too good to miss. On the 16th of July in the year 1439, kissing was banned in England. Of course, Oliver Cromwell banned Christmas in 1647, which I suppose might be worse. But banning kissing? According to reports, it was to stop germs from spreading. But really, banning kissing was hardly going to help that much if you think about the lack of antibacterial hand wash back then and the fact that bleach wasn't invented until the last century. Just think, if this law was still in effect today, what would Jacqueline Wilson have called her novel Kiss? Kiss the Girls by James Patterson would have been called what? I shudder to think what Louisa Playa would have called her teen novel Split by a Kiss. In fact, if you type kissing into Amazon's book department, there are 890 results that would cease to exist. And on that surreal note, I'll speak to you tomorrow. Thank you so much, Eve, and now to Donna for today's news. Thanks, Peter. The top headline in our podcast about the latest publishing news is the death of the UK Book Trade Weekly Publishing News. The July 25th issue will be its last. The 29 year old magazine said that advertisers were shifting their spending to online and direct sales. Publishing News Limited will continue with the book British Book Awards, the Christmas Books Catalog, and BML, a research agency for the book business. So I guess our listeners will have to tune into Latopia Daily and read the Write Report for more of their writing and publishing stories. 
Our listeners will probably remember reading Where the Wild Things Are, Maurice Sendak's wonderful children's picture book about imaginative Max and the places he goes in his imagination when he's sent to his room without supper. Well, Spike Jones was supposed to be doing a movie version for Warner Brothers, but Warner's has now removed Wild Things from its ups- upcoming schedule. Spike Jones did Being John Malkovich, an adaptation, but this is a beloved children's story. Apparently, Jones's version had children crying and running out of test screenings. So the studio is going to have a real job balancing the creative vision of a top filmmaker versus appealing to the audience meant for the film. Come on, Spike, can't you make the movie a bit more like Maurice Sendak's version? Please remember your audience and try to go back to the author's original intentions. If you mess with Maurice Sendak too much, he'll have to send the Miami Giant after you. Writers frequently ask what it takes to get a good review in the New York Times. One answer seems to be to marry a board member and become a stockholder. Times board member Lynn Dolnick's husband wrote a book called The Forger's Spell about Dutch art forger Han van Meergen. The book got an early review, an editor's choice recommendation, a special plug on page A4, and a friendly write-up on the Paper Cuts blog. Delightful book, it was called. Last year, her son Ben got a good Times notice in the form of an op-ed piece he wrote himself. Lynn Dolnick is also the cousin of Times publisher Arthur Sulzberger, Jr. A Times rep responded on July 12th to allegations in the New York Post's page 6. We would disclose the family relationship if the author was employed by the company, a member of the board, or otherwise influential in the operations of the company. However, Ms. Dolnick's husband, Edward, is influential in the operations of the company. He controls 40,985 Class A shares of New York Times Corporation together with his wife. So, should they have disclosed the conflict? Absolutely. Looks like it's time to start buying up some stock. Those are today's headlines, Peter. Links to these and other headlines can be found in the Write Report. I hope all our listeners have a wonderful Writing Wednesday. Catch Latopia Daily five days a week from www.latopia.com.